Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever. A podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them. With your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the show uh, where... We talk about terrible movies and the people that love them. I'm your host, Tom Ryman. Hey, I'm David Bell. And with us today is Marina Ryman, who is going to defend 2011's Sucker Punch. Hell yeah. And Adam Brown. And me. I fucking love Sucker Punch. We're the only two people in the world who enjoyed this movie as much. Well, (laughs) Joe Kay, who is also a host on the Unpops Network, loves Sucker Punch as well. Well, I have to meet this man. Yeah, Mm. he's great. It'll be quite a meeting of the minds. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I brought brought Baby Doll's sword with me, by the way, today. I was going to do the whole cosplay, uh, even though this is not a live podcast and there's nobody here to see me except for you guys, but... uh, it would have been fun. Really would have cemented. Still would have been cool. Yeah. No one has yeah. ever yeah. cosplayed on the podcast before. <laughs> the ar- the argument would have come off you in waves. Yeah, palpable waves. For people, yeah, for people listening, um, we have a sword here with us. A big plastic sword. Yeah, she yep. brought a prop to the. Podcast. And you said it tells the story of Sucker Punch. Yeah, it's really is awesome. It like a singing sword, which is something a lot of people <laughs> argued the movie did not do. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I I, wrong, su- I submit that if you have not seen if if the theatrical cut is the only one you've seen, you've never seen the movie. Uh, the movie is absolutely not complete uh, in the theatrical version. You've got to have the the extended. I seems like a big flaw. <laughs> I, <laughs> but well, but <laughs> I have seen the extended version, and I still feel the same way. <laughs> well, try. Well, I mean. I've watched it like 80 times. Yes. That might not, that's probably not an exaggeration. As Back to the sword, uh, it starts out, you know, you see that there's the rabbit, which belongs, it's it's one of the, um, it's the first sign of uh, the real world leaking into Baby Doll's fantasy world. This rabbit here on the, near the hilt uh, was uh, her little sister's bunny this rabbit. You're doing a visual aid in <laughs> oh, yeah. a medium that does no, not have visuals. No, I'm explaining near the hilt. It's near the hilt. Okay. Yeah. And it goes all the way to the tip with various uh, events from the movie, including the dragon she fights and everything like that. And at the very tip, you see a lobotomy happening. Could There's I a ask skull you with a, a nice question? Is, is, that, is that the sword that she had in the movie? Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. I will say this movie is great with its detail like that. Oh, yeah. There's a um, lot of really cool details. It mo- the movie looks good. My personal problem is I don't understand why the movie exists. What? Well, here's the... Th- Expand okay. upon that. Okay. The first thing established in the movie is that what we're seeing isn't real. They don't... It's not a plot twist that... And I would say spoilers, but this is not a spoiler, that she's getting a lobotomy. They go from her being in the chair to John Hamm... About to hammer, and then they cut to that fantasy. About to John Hammer. So the whole movie is me watching <laughs> yeah. this movie with no stakes. There's no stakes to this movie because I know it's all a fantasy because they establish it right away. That depends on your take on the movie. Well, yeah. I think that's if you even think it's happening in Baby Doll's and head, which also, I don't. Well, they, I think I it's think, happening in Sweet Pea's I head. I think it's, yeah, and I think it's a flashback. Mm. This is told with, uh, there's, to me anyway, there's definitely a, a Japanese element to this. And in Japanese storytelling, there's a whole lot of flashbacks, flash forwards, layers to these stories. Um, I think, and, and we know for sure that she did help a patient escape. Uh, Dr. Gorski says at the end that she was there for one week during which time she started a fire and she stabbed an orderly and named Oscar Isaac 
sure. and she helped a fellow patient to escape. Okay, but we can all agree that at no point in this movie, in the reality of this movie, was someone running a mental institution slash burlesque. Well, right? they were no, I definitely they were running mental institution. Yeah. But not slash burlesque. Not no. slash not fancy, a ca- yeah, the, cabaret bur- burlesque right. show. The burlesque was... With gambling that's and the hooch. fantasy. Yeah, I feel that the burlesque was babies or sweet peas' only way of sort of processing what was happening because the the opening <laughs> montage with the with the uh, at the at the institution shows her being hit on by Blue in the to- in a toilet stall, and I don't think he stopped with just stroking her neck. And it's clear that uh, at the end, when he's when the the other orderlies say, "I'm not hurting these girls anymore," this has been going on for a long time. So they might as well be slaves in the sex house, right? Yeah. So they are running some sort of horrible, right? Horrible he's thing. he's yeah. it, Blue's abusing. He's yeah. he's a right. head orderly. He's he's, he's Buck from uh, Kill Bill. <laughs> okay. Well, then here comes my other question: Why wrap it up in this like action fantasy then? The, because that's a really serious thing happening. Because um, am I supposed to be rooting for her in those action scenes? Then am I? Because I don't know what those are the real world equivalent equivalent of. Because they, a, they translate little, to the dancing. Yeah. But then what does the dancing translate to in whatever the reality is? I get very of this. Universe? I get very muddled with all the layers because there's three layers in the film, and with the action sequences, it's very hard to parse what's supposed to be happening. And it's still pretty ambiguous. Well, the, the dance sequences, the the battles that are happening are them like that's her visualizing what they're doing in the hospital to mm-hmm. get all the things they need to execute. Their sure, plan. but like, what does that mean in the real world? Yeah, like, it's it's a form of escape. It's when people but, are yeah. being abused, they sometimes but, go but, but, to a yeah. different no, place, no, but, and she's dancing in front no, of. No, these. They're not really in that burlesque hospital getting those items. But either. they they are they are the in items. the hospital. Yeah, like okay. for example, the guy. That, Let's take let's take the cook for example, and his knife. Um, they absolutely get that because we see that Oscar Isaac has been stabbed. I have no doubt that they got it. Um, basically, through um, you know, they're they're all being abused. They're they're all being coveted. Um, I'm sure that they got the lighter from the guard at the gate by you know maybe uh, right. Amber was a favorite of his and she did kiss his neck and you know grab his lighter out of his pocket yeah stuff like that's, that that's what I'm what my problem is is I cannot connect what happens in the real world like we never see that well, we see we see the end result of it that she set something on fire she's clearly stabbed Oscar Isaac but we don't know what happened with the knife we don't know whether or not like four patients died. Or See, three patients died. We don't know. We don't know what her getting those items looked like. In like, I can't. I can't connect all the all I the have, layers together. I have a little bit different of a take on what's happening in this movie. Is I, it? Is it hot? Is it a? Hot it is take? a. It is the hottest of hot takes. <laughs> That's a bold statement. I think what's happening is the events you're seeing are in Sweet Pea's head. I don't think. Which one's Any, Sweet Pea? Sweet Pea is the oldest. She's, She's the, one the one that one who escapes. escapes. She's the Got one it. who escapes. And what we're seeing, it's all kind of a metaphor for recovering from grief mm-hmm. and trauma. And those battles she's going through aren't necessarily real-world battles. They're battles inside her Mm -hmm. and things she has to overcome. Like when Rocket dies Mm -hmm. and Rocket, who plays her sister in the hospital, but also remember her sister died before she got there if you're considering Baby Doll is actually inside Sweet Pea's head. So it's Sweet Pea's sister who dies before she gets to the hospital. And that scene with Rocket where Rocket's like, don't be mad about this. 
and she flies up into the air and dies, that's her getting over her sister's death. It's all... The movie is like mental health hospital as Battlefield, and she's fighting through... All of these different characters are just parts of her. Sometimes parts she has to kill, like when... What's Vanessa Hudgens... Amber. Characters or Blondie, name. sorry, Blondie. Like, yeah. Blondie, uh, as great as she looks and as uh, fun as she is to watch in battle, she's kind of holding Sweet Pea back. Yeah, she's a coward, unfortunately. Yeah. And that part of her needs to die. So it's you're not actually seeing... <laughs> I I know, it's... Vanessa Hudgens must die! <laughs> that was also almost That's the name of the movie. That was another that, title for the film, That's yes. you say that. I didn't think of it that way. I was thinking, uh, but now that you say that, that makes sense. And I was thinking, because Tom and I were talking about this last night we were watching it as far as the people who die yeah i was thinking that it's possible that they you know if they were ever real patients they either committed suicide or they dropped out or sweet pea feels so guilty about having left them behind that they're basically dead to her um yeah. or something like that but yeah it, it is absolutely sweet pea is the star of the show she says so in the beginning she's the first narrator we don't even hear Baby Doll speak until 24 minutes into the movie, but yeah. we hear her voice. She sings the opening song, and she sings "Sing Me to Sleep." Speaking yeah. of which, the soundtrack for this movie is the soundtrack awesome. is fantastic. Yes, it's so good. And every almost every song is a remix, just like every reality for Baby Doll or Sweet Pea or both is like a remix of the current reality. Like a layer, the, the first layer of fantasy is basically, I think, um, whichever one of the characters is our is our you know is our heroine mm-hmm. yeah uh i believe that's her sort of she's never been in a situation before where where she, you know stuff has been happening like this to her like blue you know ba- basically being a slave and uh i think this is basically i think it's a uh, blues head in a way she's getting trying yeah. to get into blues head like why would he do this why is he doing this and it's power and it's status and stuff like that he considers himself he's like these are my girls in the end you know yeah so this is just you're saying this is the tale of the it's it's a portrayal of the classic um mental disorder the steampunk dementia mm-hmm. um that's to some extent so yeah dangerous. steampunkosis yeah steampunkosis, yeah, steampunkosis. and I then just, my problem with the movie is that you don't like good movies? Right? I hate good movies. There's that. I hate quality, ambition. I hate anything that's new or challenging. Well, mm-hmm. I hate women. There's too many well, women in obviously. it. obviously. Yeah, way too many women. Um, there's so few men. What about the men? Exactly. Um, no, it's, it's, I think it's unnecessarily confusing. Like, I don't think we needed Is it more or less layers. confusing than Inception? Because people loved how confusing Inception was. I think they're they're very similar. All right, well, here's what I'd argue is the difference is Inception has a narrative that was compelling. And that's why I I keep saying this movie is narratively confusing to me in the sense of if it was a 10-minute short or a music video, I would find it very compelling. I'd be like, oh, this is a cool way to depict someone coping with um, these mental health problems and, and this trauma. But since it's a whole movie, my problem is... Narratively, I'm just not interested in what's happening. I'm not. I'm not because again, the first thing they show is them cutting to this fantasy. So it has like it has like I guess an Alice in Wonderland effect. But the difference being that Alice in Wonderland, you kind of they present it as like she's actually going into this fantasy, this like real world, and you're not sure. Or like Wizard of Oz is the same way, where like it's sort of the twist of Wizard of Oz that it's a dream. In this one, they establish right away like okay, now you're seeing her fantasy. 
And so everything that happens in the fantasy, every action battle, I'm not sitting there on the edge of my seat like, oh my God, are they going to make it out of this? I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is just a fight sequence that's CGI until it's over and they win and they leave. Or even when like Oscar Isaac shoots the two um, other... Amber and Blondie. Yeah, Amber and Blondie. I, all I'm thinking is like, well, this is her fantasy. Well, they've established it right away. So why do I care? Is this happening in the real world? I don't know. Like I, it's that where narratively I just didn't care um, because I knew it was all fake. I knew I, it was all happening in somebody's head. I have the opposite feeling. Uh, for me, it was much more. There, there was a lot more excitement because I didn't know exactly how it was going to turn out. I didn't know what was happening in the real world because uh, the first thing that happens when she enters the dream, like the dream world, is she says, "Stop! Get that thing away from me." undo these fastenings. These are things that I that I feel a lot of women in particular who are living in, let's say, I mean, we're lucky now we're having a wonderful, wonderful renaissance. You know, people are able to stand up to guys like Harvey Weinstein and, and stuff like that. And, uh, but this this movie is, is um, I believe, it's, you know, it's not supposed to be set in any particular era, but the 60s essentially are. Yeah. And uh, that was the time when all this would not have been really possible. She, so she tells the lobotomist to stop and the, nur- and the nurses to release her. And sh- it's because she has the right. It's her seizing the right. And, yeah. bef- and Madame Gorsky is saying, this world you create can be as real as any pain. So you can either choose to be a victim or you can choose to be a warrior. And the question, you know, yeah. if you're strong enough to be a warrior, who wouldn't choose that? And the only way for her, I think, to have faced such a scary task, which is to go against the natural order, literally fighting order, fighting orderlies. I think the only way she was able to make herself do it, carrying the guilt that she had, was by retreating into fantasy and having it be like, well, I'm doing this. I'm not yeah. actually doing this. Yeah. So she got the same stuff accomplished. And, and like there was suspense for me, like in the kitchen scene when they're getting trying to get the knife. Yeah, the kitchen scene's great. Yeah. We, know, we knew that something was going to go wrong because they kept focusing on that bare wire and the, yeah. and the water. So that was exciting for me. I even called that it was going to be something electrical. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, you, you had the clues. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. clues were there. I shouted it out in the middle of the theater. <laughs> right. Electrical <Yes>. fire! <laughs> yep. That wire's not safe! Yeah. yeah. Somebody needs to watch that wire. People <laughs> like it when I do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very safety minded for everybody on screen when I go see films. Yeah. So I feel constantly like telling people not to go in that room. <laughs> they, they never listen to me. Baby doll slash sweet peas first fantasy layer shows us things as they are to her, and you know, and that's you know control, domination, slavery, and layer two, which is the the bottom layer of the fantasy part, shows us what she wants to do, what she would do if she could. These scenes are base, are made up of pieces of what a 20-year-old girl from that time period may know about the world, like the, right. like the, 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 the German trenches and everything like that. It had a sense. It was surreal, but there were little bits of reality in it. And I thought that was really cool. And as Dave said, it's Alice in Wonderland. It is. It really is. And I think Zack Snyder said that that was what he was going for. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the uh, the bordello is like an in-your-face demonstration of the state of things as they are and have been for a very long time. We all know that uh, these mental institutions were horrifying places with conditions that were deplorable. Yeah, um, a lot so, of them still are. Oh, yeah, totally. They, yeah. they definitely are. Um, and so I think this really was more about what can I do to make this, to make myself strong enough to, to succeed in yeah. this. 
Yeah, that was kind of the the sense I got from it, also, or the what I took away from it. Sure, but also it's I I thought it was just a fun movie. Oh yeah, to watch. Yeah, like especially the action sequences are fucking great. Oh hell yeah, and it looks neat. Yes, <laughs> it does. It does. It does look neat. It is. I can't fault it for not being original, which it, it's and it, it's an oddity for Zack Snyder. It's one of his only original films. Yeah. I think it might be his only one. Where all of his others are adaptations. I think. Yeah. I personally can fault it for being original. Um, <laughs> okay, let's hear that. Because it's what you guys are saying. You're saying, like, these are real institutions that happen. This is real abuse that happened. Also, the fight scenes and, like, the dragon was cool. Like, that shouldn't be said about a movie, right? <laughs> I think, Sorry, that, I I think that should be said about the best. Because what, if somebody says like, that about the movie, my butt's in the seat. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> well, that's like if Schindler's List had a bunch of, like, dragons fight scenes. That would have been <laughs> dope. Like, it's yeah. taking a really serious subject and then being like... And now here's a bunch of fantasy fight, and that's that is my main <laughs> yeah. problem. Is I didn't know how to feel because it's, they were taking some really serious stuff, and then they were making these kick-ass action scenes, and it was going back and forth. I think, and I didn't, and they were like the way they shot it was like, look how sexy she is fighting these people, and there's nothing wrong with that except that there's also like the subject of sex abuse in it. And so, like, I just didn't know what the movie wanted me to think or feel about. Well, she these should still be sequences. able to be sexy, Absolutely. even though she's been abused. Absolutely, and I think that was part of it. I think part of it was her embracing right. that part of herself again. Yes, I just didn't know what the movie wanted me to feel, though. I think that's. Um, I think that's, that's kind of part of it. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know that that's part of it, but I think that's the only way Zack Snyder knows how to talk about things is by. It's like I have this serious thing that I need to talk about. I'm gonna. There's gonna be fucking dragons and explosions and right. people punching each other through the head. And no color, no color. Really, no I'm color really gonna desaturate everything. It makes sense. He's dissociative, and so is the so are the characters in his film. And as as to, as to the sexiness, I wanted to say this um, as a as a lady. Um, we don't have to look like Whoa. men to be bad. You're a lady. Oh yeah, I am a lady. Some of us like to look pretty while kicking ass. And in fact, um, I before I got here, I was really nervous. And so what I did was I put on makeup because for me, makeup is like armor. Uh, you can't cry if you're wearing it because you'll you mess up your face and uh, you can cover up blush. Nobody knows how you feel. And a lot of women are not unfamiliar with that necessity. And I think that it is wonderful to be able to be like, yeah, I'm a woman. I'm proud of my body. I'm going to wear a flattering outfit that makes me feel sexy because that is that's a form of power. Yeah, that's a form of power that women do have and always will have is is, you know, that sexual power. And uh, I would like to add that um, I first found out about this movie in Shape magazine and it was being used as a motivator for getting in shape and getting fit. And it worked. Yeah, I, uh, that I wanted to see the movie, and they were all in their their sexy outfits. Um, I wanted to dress as them, and and I did. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, watching it, I felt like I felt like my potential to be a badass was not gone anymore. I mean, there was a lot that's happened to me that made me feel that way. And uh, I saw it during a dark period in my life, and I felt helpless. And the movie made that feeling go away. And so I think that similar thing happened to me on a you know personal level as yeah. in the movie that that dissociation going into the movie and the and the movie's many layers that helped me to feel strong enough to face these issues because otherwise this whole film would have been a trigger for me yeah but it wasn't because these women were like yeah i'm sexy 
and that sexiness belongs to me. Yeah. It's like Baby Doll says, you'll never have me. Yeah. And I, I went back and I read some of the negative reviews of yeah. this movie. And a lot of the talk was, oh, well, why do they have to dress like this if they're f- fighting? And it's like, motherfucker, why does Wonder Woman have to dress like that? No one yeah. got mad at Gal Gadot for her outfit in Wonder Woman. And it's yeah. the same fucking thing. It's very sexy. There's no difference. Yeah, it, it, I agree. And yeah. a lot of these a lot of these complaints come from men who are trying to say this is damaging to women. And to these men, I say, fuck you. We decide that. You can say yeah. this is insulting if you want to. But don't tell us what's damaging to us because you have no idea what it's like. And you never will. And um, I feel that there's the movie also separates people into groups. Like you have the blues of the world who are the MRA type guys who yeah. feel that, yes, they're threatened. They're small, got loud a real, men. Got a real Gamergate vibe from Oscar Isaac. In the yeah, <laughs> which was tough. I freaking love Oscar Isaac. It's about ethics it's adorable. in video game. <laughs> but Your he, employer! Yep, yeah, here's the, the line uh, is different also in theatrical versus extended, and the extended is much better because he says, me, your father, your lover, your employer! That, that's what he says. But that's the blues in the world could be your father, your brother, your employer, your lover, anything like that. Right. It's all the sti- it's all the typical uh, positions of yeah. power that men hold. And then you've in, got the uh, orderlies who are like, "I'm not hurting these girls anymore." You've got guys out there who are turning away, like even though they're not going to hurt Baby Doll, they put her in the chair, and they then the three guys left. And so there are men in the world who turn away from this stuff. My, and then you got people like the wise man who are like, "Yeah." I'll give you Scott some Glenn. advice, you know, because I've been on top of the world before, but this is your time. Take it, you know, and, and the whole thing, like, you have all the weapons you need, now fight. That's for everybody, man and woman. Anybody who wants to change the status quo. That's what I feel like. My favorite character in this, or performance, is John Hamm, because oh, when yeah. he, he gives the lobotomy and he's just like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this woman, I, I just stuck this ice pick in this woman's face and then she gave me a weird look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creeped out right now. As soon as he does it, yeah. as soon as he does it, he's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best, doing? best reaction for yeah. a guy that just lobotomized somebody. He oh, is yeah. John Hamm as fuck in that movie. Oh, he's so he John is. Hamm. Yeah. And and he's and he's so that's I'm so sad they cut him out of, of the release. And Tom was telling me last night that the uh, MPAA objected to Baby Doll enjoying kissing John Hamm. That's the problem. And I'm that like, God their, forbid a woman their, should enjoy herself. Yeah. yeah, that was their specific note for that scene: is how, that she can't look like she's enjoying. Well, how could anybody John kiss Hamm. John Hamm and not enjoy? It, it? Right? Yeah, that's like asking the weather not to be the weather. You, yeah. you can't resist yeah. that. It's yeah. Would it's you ask nature. the sun not to shine? <laughs> <laughs> the moon not to glow? Yeah. Yes. The seas not to roil? And the, back to the costumes super quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to also say that um, for women out there, there are many different kind, many different ways of expressing feminism. And you d- it doesn't have to be all like, oh, I'm going to cover up my body completely and I'm going to, you know, I hate men. I don't need a man to help me. You know, it's not all that. That's not the only way to be a feminist. You can be a feminist by embracing the idea of your own sexual power. And you can be a feminist by, you know, there's different ways of fighting. Like Amber, for example, the Asian girl, she doesn't ever get into a direct fight, like right with somebody. She's always piloting the helicopter. Mm-hmm. She's piloting the the, uh, the plane. And she's uh, piloting that awesome bunny mech. 
Yeah. She swipes that knife, though. Yeah, but she mm. picks it up. She doesn't actually use it. Well, yeah, well, no, I, yeah, but she gets shit done. Yeah, she gets shit done. Well, nobody's looking it's at her. It's just a different way of fighting. She's <laughs> yeah. not actually She's hurting like, I'm gonna people. I'm going to get that knife, though. You better yeah, believe it. exactly. And and that's that's my final point with the costumes also is, and especially Baby Doll, because she's so tiny, is that just because a woman looks cute and sexy does not mean she's easy up for grabs, you know, that you can do anything you want with her. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. And uh, Dave, tell her why she's all wrong about that. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, that's the thing is I have no problems with any of that. Um, my problem with the movie is purely from a narrative uh, film side of enjoying sitting and watching a movie is um, I just didn't I just didn't I didn't enjoy it. I didn't understand why who I should be rooting for. That fantasy angle just took me out of it. Like it just I just think of it as like I'm. All those messages, everything that you guys are saying makes perfect sense. I just don't, I didn't find it a particularly well-made narrative. Um, it didn't keep my interest. And that, to me, is the difference between that and Inception. Is You're right. It isn't much different than Inception. Yeah. My the, the big difference for me, though, is I was entertained by Inception. I was, I stuck with Inception. It looked better to me. Like, the CGI in this, like, <clears throat> like if this was supposed to be about action, about the fight scenes... Then I would much rather watch like the raid, um, oh, a, a well, movie yeah. with the raid's actual. Fucking amazing. Well, yeah, a well, movie the with actual. Raid's action. a good movie. Yeah. So it's yeah. like okay, I'm not watching this for the action. Um, if it was about a mental institution and mental health, then I would watch I don't know, Girl Interrupted, like something that's a little more grounded. Yeah. But, so it's not. There's that. only one good movie about anything. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just saying. Uh, so I, I don't I don't really get that from this movie. Um, it's there's too much. It's like too much packed into it, but none of the separate things. Um, really wow me. Like the CGI, the action didn't really stand out to me because it was it felt very fake. Um, the story felt very muddled. Like I, there was just nothing. And this is a, a fundamental thing that I can't tell other people not to enjoy this movie because if people enjoy it, then they enjoy it. That's great. Yeah. Um, but for me, there was nothing for me to cling on to. There was um, there was there was nothing to hold my interest um, for this movie. Do you think watching it again after hearing Marina and I talk about it might make it a better movie for you? Good call. Good question. Um, because I do think it's a movie that people both overthink and underthink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it, it's almost a movie that helps to go in knowing a little bit about what's happening. Aren't there prequels to this? They're little animated shorts, yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't watched God, them. I hate animated prequels. Yeah, Why too. do people well, do that? <laughs> this is the thing. Is Sell I, DVDs, Bo! There's an animated yeah. prequel to Train to Busan and uh. I tried to get like oh, halfway weird. through it and it's like, come on, just make it a fucking movie. <laughs> it's oh, an animated man. prequel to Chinatown. Well, this is <laughs> I, I guess this is going back is I yes, the answer is yes. However, if a movie needs like an hour-long discussion and a bunch of prequels for me to enjoy it, it failed as a then, movie. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Yeah. That uh, happened- maybe you failed as a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> that was. So- yeah. I think it just speaks to individual people. That's. I think that's one of the most important. Like they even say it in the movie. Everybody, everybody in that movie has their own. Like like we were talking about earlier, they have their own way of fighting, their own way of expressing themselves. And if it doesn't speak to you, it doesn't speak to you. It. It. it I think it would have to. If you've experienced anything similar to what goes on in the movie or felt anything like what goes on in the movie, I feel like it might speak to you a bit more. It's one of those movies that's love or hate from what I've experienced from other people. I don't know. I don't I don't love it or hate it. I'm kind of right, I'm, I'm kind of 
Like I enjoy watching it. I don't. I don't. I recognize the filmmaking problems with it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I don't hate the movie. He was definitely trying to do a lot. He was trying to do a whole lot. He was. Yeah. And yet, this is the one Zack Snyder movie that he should have been allowed not to cut. Like, like. Yeah. He, there were so many other movies. <laughs> I, I agree. The cuts do hurt it. Like, I I only saw. Because uh, I didn't see this movie in the theater, I only saw the the original R-rated cut that he submitted, and then to to hear about the stuff that they removed from the film, I was like, wow, the theatrical version must have been real confusing. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. Like, oh I mean, my God. The, the regular movie is already kind of like I say, I had I had trouble connecting all the dots between all the different layers of of reality in the film, but like with the stuff that I know was cut, like they cut the musical number, they cut the John Hamm scene, and they trimmed a lot out of certain sequences. Like this must have been just yeah. like. What what the fuck is this movie? When people saw it in theater. Why? Yeah, they did cut a lot that shouldn't have been. Especially yeah, that cut. last part with John Hamm. Yeah. I think I got a I got a simple explanation um, of the of the different layers. I think okay, I got. Okay, I have an, I have another uh, question, but oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, I'll make it quick. Uh, so layer one, mental institution reality. Mm-hmm. Layer two, what Blue is doing to the women who are there, mm-hmm. and layer three, fighting back. Yeah, that that makes sure. <clears throat> you saying that makes the movie definitely make more sense in my mind. I still have trouble with just the. Uh, I guess, I guess the fact that it's all leading to her being lobotomized and me knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why is it called Sucker Punch? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't have to have. This oh, doesn't have to have an answer. Need I don't know either. Movies are sometimes just called movies. Like, yes, I got just it. Called things. Be- okay, because even because Baby Doll looks so harmless. She is the most harmless looking woman in that entire institution, and yet she is the one who delivers the blow no one sees coming. Oh. Nobody saw that coming. Not yeah. from her. She I've is. also heard that it has to do with how sexy the characters are, but then in that moment when Baby Doll's being the sexiest. It just cuts away, and you don't get to see any of that shit. <laughs> so then it's like you're the creep sitting there yeah. like, right. come on! Yeah. I don't want to see steampunk Nazis. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like everyone watching Silk Stockings on USA late at night, and they keep cutting away during every sex scene. like, come on! I'm trying to masturbate! <laughs> this commercial's fine, though. Oh yeah! Don't make me think about the status of mental health care <laughs> yeah. in this country. And also, if you if you only see sex or the potential for for sex when you look at a woman, you're gonna get burned. That's yeah, absolutely gonna happen. Um, another question: it, Who saves the day? Is it John Ham? Like he she gets lobotomized, and then who who calls the cops on Oscar Isaac? Uh, G- Madam Gorski, uh, or Doctor Gorski. You're um, right. Okay, yeah. good. But that's, yeah. that's better. But, yeah. but Baby Doll is the hero for sure. Yeah, yeah. She... I'm just glad that it's a. Lady. Yeah, she's the yeah. catalyst. Like yeah. I, yeah. for a second, yeah. I was like, does John Hamm swoop in and save the no. day? Okay, <laughs> not, I was just really. remembering by, it like, correctly. Her to the problem. Okay. Right. By way of action, like he's like, well, you authorized it. She's like, that's not my fucking signature. Right. Yeah. 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 I I remember reading reviews too about the like the the old guy character who keeps showing up and giving her advice. Scott, Scott Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Backdraft and Scott Glenn. I remember uh, it was in the same, in a, I think it was in a Je- Jezebel review, mm-hmm. and they were like, because women always need a wise man to tell no. him what to do. And it's like, no, she no. needs a father figure who doesn't yeah. fucking abuse her. Yeah. Well, it's That's all, all it is. She has no father. We saw yeah. that at the beginning. 
she she just needs one dude in her life who isn't exploiting her yeah. and treating her awful. Where, okay, yeah. but where does he fit in with the reality? I don't know. He's like a wizard. Well, I think he... Because he think, shows up on the bus at the end, too. Right, so he's just been driving that bus, so he's not in the mental institution. Like, if he was like a wise old janitor in the mental institution, <laughs> that would make sense, because it's like, oh, okay, he's been there the whole time, but think, he's just driving the bus. I think that goes da- back to what Adam said. Um, if it's all in baby... If it's all in Sweet Pea's mind, because it is Sweet Pea's story, I think may, we might be... That sign, that, that bus scene oh, she is where we're in. flashing back from. Um, yeah. I think that I think that the flashback starts not at the lobotomy per, uh, thing, but at at the at the bus. No, I think he's a well. Wizard. Then start on sure, the bus. He's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> like start well, start with someone speech. falling asleep on the bus or something, and then we go into the fantasy of it. I guess that's the thing is like narratively, these are the weird questions that I have. Where it's like, if all right, if the idea is, is it, if it's Sweet Pea like falling asleep on the bus, and this is her recounting everything that happened or something like that. Like, I don't know who the main character is. You're, I don't know who to, s- to. Who, whose perspective we're seeing this from. So like stuff like that, where it's like, where the fuck did the, the bus guy get <laughs> become a part of this? Cause he shows up at the very end. So are, is she psychic? Is she predicting that he will exist? And he's just in the fantasies. Was he manifested by her fantasies? Like where, where do these, it's just very messy to me. It's. Uh, I think. I think that the narration kind of ties it together because her speech is interrupted by the movie. It starts. You know. Um, in fact, in fact, since the movie starts with Baby Doll on the stage on the bed that you see on the mm-hmm. stage in the theater, that makes that actually really supports Adam's the- theory that this is all in Sweet Pea's head and that Baby Doll is her angel. And uh, the the wise man is is this other man who did help her, who was kind to her, and that he would stick in her mind for that. Right. So I think that we're seeing. I, I think I've moved over to Adam's way of thinking. I think we're seeing Sweet Pea recount this story in her mind and kind of because yeah. a lot of horrible <laughs> shit happened. Sweet Pea left behind her sister. Yeah. And all yeah. that. So it, this might be her only way of coping with left what her she's seen. The, the other yeah. the other conclusion uh. that I have is that this is like just supposed to be surreal. It's supposed to be like a fucking Fellini film or something. Well, and if that's the case, why am I fucking watching it in a theater? Like a in a like a big movie theater was did he sneak by like this really experimental surrealist film? Well, the fact that he, he, it's it's surreal. There's three layers of reality, and then also apparently it's told out of sequence. Yeah. So it's like woo. anime. It's if you if you're into anime, this movie is completely understandable to you. I think I think that that might be a thing. I'm sure it would be I great. am not, but I still got the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. It would be great if I was blazed out of my mind watching it. <laughs> I was that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. I lo- uh, I love everything. Like, in that dragon. Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Who was the dragon? <laughs> well, who, the dra- who did they stab through the top of the skull? Well, they didn't stab anybody. And steel they, is steel is lighter. Well, they totally. Yeah, I guess the the guy. I want to know what that looked like when they when they took that 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 guy's lighter. Well, they probably. I, really I, I think know. it looked like Blondie stroking his neck or kissing his neck, and uh, right. But that's the second layer of fantasy. That's not the reality of it. We don't even. Oh, in re- in, in reality, we don't even know if any of those characters actually existed. Yes, we do. We see them at the very beginning in the theater. We see Amber. We see Rocket, and I believe we see Blondie, and we see. Sweepy on the stage, I do remember that. They, um, Amber was involved in the fight, yeah, um, o- overturning the card table, and uh, one of the orderlies pushes her down into a chair 
with Rocket. Yeah, yeah, you see them all. Yeah. I yeah. still want to see what They're that real. looked like when they took that man's lighter. Oh, I agree, <laughs> but I think it, I think it's very similar to what what well, the fantasy part was. The neck thing does make sense actually, because she's yeah. saying I'll kiss his neck, and then they rip open that thing's neck and exactly. take the little fire crystals out. Yep. So I think um, in reality, so that, she that makes kissed sense. His so in reality, is Baby Doll really dancing for all these people, or is she just like crazy mugging them? She could just be distracting them in other ways mm. because um the 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 uh, sweet pea did say you know what is all of that gyrating and moaning so yeah yeah I, th- I think that she was again using her sexuality as a weapon because it's the only one she had in that institution came in like a wrecking ball yeah <laughs> and uh, it's it man yeah and. For the choreography, I'd like to mention to everybody that the actresses are genuinely tough as nails. They train for six hours every day for months to get ready for this. Yeah, I get bummed when I hear stuff like that because I wish, because of the way Zack Snyder films things, it's so kinetic. You do still get to see more of it than you would in like a standard action film that's like, doing the Bourne Ultimatum thing where it's like the close-in, shaky cam, you can't see what the hell's going on. It's still <laughs> kind of difficult to see. Yeah, I also think the CGI doesn't help. Like, there's the part where someone throws a hatchet, and the camera does this, like, CGI zoom on the hatchet as it flies through the air, and then it hits something, and all I thought was, like, you know what would be more impressive? Seeing someone actually throw a hatchet. <laughs> like, just actually seeing that stunt. And yet, yeah, nail that um, dude. So, I mean, it's that hatchet hits hit that Nazi zombie's <laughs> chest so hard, it stops his forward momentum yeah. and throws him backwards. Well, he's and not like a, a Nazi. Comical, he's not a Nazi. He's this kind is of the Kaiser. Nazi. No, this is, kind the, of this is World War That's He's kind of a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> they have it in them. They're related. They the Nazi, uh-huh. Nazi adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Dave, I have a question for you. Adam, cut me off if, if, if I'm stepping on your toes. Where do you summer? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know what you think of some of the shots, like the mirror shot um, and the dressing room. That was a cool shot. That's cool. Um, I, the, my, and the, this kind of goes with the cover songs, although you kind of explained it in a neat way, so I, I would take this back. I haven't even said it yet, though. That a lot of it felt like a lot of style with um, less substance than I would like. Like the mirror shot um, was really cool, but again, I I didn't understand why I was seeing it. Like, I, and this is a Zack Snyder across the board. Is he he has that Michael Bay feeling to him, but he has this idea for really cool things, and he puts them in. But I don't think he's entirely sure why he's putting them in. I know that shot. I don't know why it's so late in the film. Right. In that shot. He's literally going through the looking glass. Right, yeah. But it should have been earlier in the film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's still a cool shot, and it gives you like, oh, this is a real ambitious thing that I would not have expected from... Like, I, don't, I can't think of anything similar that Michael Bay has done. Yeah, I did yeah. see the shot coming, because they definitely have a, a double uh, Oh, they're mirroring. both doubles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they don't quite sync up, but again, I don't care. Like, that's co- still cool. It's still cool that they did it. Yeah, because you're not um, watching them. Like, I didn't, notice yeah, yeah. The, I didn't notice the doubles until I knew about the shot, and, right. then, I, and then I was looking for it, and then I saw it. I think I might have subconsciously had known the shot was coming then, because I've seen the movie before. Mm-hmm. Um but because um, normally you would you would be watching the performances which are in the quote unquote mirror, yeah. So you wouldn't really notice that they're not quite moving completely in in time with each other. Yeah, I would generally though call this movie, and this is um, another overall issue with Zack Snyder. I'd call this movie ugly um, because there's oh, just no, I disagree. Well, there's Me just too. no I color. Think it's gorgeous. There's, there's a it's 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 there's no color and there's too much CGI environments and it's. I mean, it was right around the Sin City era where like people were doing that, but. 
I just I I it just felt so muted and like I don't know there was it, it there was nothing that really wowed me in any of the cinematography. It's not bad cinematography, but it um it just I don't know. I felt kind of bummed while watching it. Well, I think what that <laughs> comes of is uh, she's living right now in a drab mental institution, and so the layers of fantasy, which I think are gorgeous, and Adam seems to think that as well, yeah. I think they're affected by that. I think we're seeing a little bit of the mental institution leaking into these things. So the colors are unusual. They're not quite right. And, and right. that's another indication that that part isn't reality. But there's no layer where the colors are right. Like Wizard of Oz has your basic color to fantasy situation where it's black and white in Kansas, and then it goes to color. I didn't see anything like that. It felt consistent all the way through. Like when they, she gets on the bus at the end, it's sort of bright, but it's still muted. It's like this muted warmth. Yeah. Weirdly, that part seemed the least reality. Yeah. Like that seemed like I'm not clear if that's really happening, to be honest. Right. And I got that trapped feeling. And this is not a good feeling like in the sense that the movie wants me to feel it. Where, like, if I play a horror game for too long, I'm just like, I just need to fucking go outside and, like, see, breathe air and see actual colors. It get me that where, like, when the movie ends, I was just like, okay. Like, because it's just so I drab. I call my parents and tell them I love Yeah. And it, and, and it doesn't have to do with the narrative so much to do with the visuals. <clears throat> like, Zach's, <clears throat> excuse me, Zack Snyder just... He doesn't allow Zack Snyder just force choked you from his house. Yeah, (laughs) and I don't understand why he doesn't want his movies to have color. Like we, we started in black and white, and then we added color for a reason. Um, I think it's. I mean, that's. It's a. It's a block. You've written. You wrote about this. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a problem with blockbuster movies. And it's an uncontrasted color. um, Lack of color is. It's like this muted gray. I think it's. I think that there. I have a theory as to why. First of all, I think there. I I think there's a lot of color. I think it's just not colors we're used to seeing. Like those robots, they are vivid, vivid, bright green, yeah. and uh, there's light everywhere shining off of these different things. But uh, a lot of these places they go are dark and scary, like the trenches and the castle with the orcs and stuff. And as to the end, my theory about that is I think Sweet Pea might not be completely convinced herself that this is real. I mean, she never expected to get out of there. So it might be yeah. like, oh my God, this is all so dreamlike. This is all so surreal. I can't believe this is happening. I, so. yeah. I think there are better visual ways to do that. Sure, I'm sure. I think of like The Graduate. This is weird. Weird, uh, weird comparison, but to. continue. I want has to see where you're going similar, with it. Yeah, um, has a similar moment because the cinematography of The Graduate, it starts with framing just Dustin Hoffman's head. And the idea is he's almost in a box. He's caged. And then he, he goes through the story and, and, and doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and marries this girl. And then they get on the bus and the last shot is, I think it's the last shot, Yeah, is once again his head in a box in a cage. And it was a very simple way of saying like he's still trapped. Um and I think there are more creative ways to do that than, than simply like turning down the color. Um, I, I it, it just doesn't. I just don't like it. it. It makes me feel bummed. It makes me feel good, like like depressed while watching the movie. Yeah, it's it's a it's a trend that I'm just kind of burned out on mm-hmm. the the desaturation. But yeah, anyway. and I think when this was made, it wasn't so much. No, this was, was kind of yeah. like right when it was starting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should probably start wrapping up. Yeah, you're okay. around 47 minutes now. All so. right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, so... Um, so we can all agree. Sucker Punch, really great movie. <laughs> yeah. Hell I, yeah. Yeah. I, I will. I'm, I mean, I will say I, I 
We'll probably want to watch it again at some point. Not right away. Probably want to. Billy Joel, your way through what you guys are saying. The final comment I'd love to make is that for the movie, for me, what it said to me was we're all people. We all have something to fight for. If you don't think you do, then you're either not looking honestly, you're not being honest with yourself, or you're too sheltered to see what it is, you know, or you're too young. Man, man. All right. I just think it's a good movie. It's a fine yeah. film. It's a fine film. I I have fun when I watch it. Yeah. I so like I like the performances in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm it's unchanged about it. I remain unmoved. <laughs> <laughs> I will p- 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 probably watch it. <laughs> but yeah. Well, thanks you. Uh, uh, thanks to uh, Marina for coming on and, yeah. and talking about the movie. Marina, thanks where, for where can we find you? Bringing oh, her plastic sword. You can find me. Uh, I'm still hanging in there at Cracked. Believe it or not. <laughs> still. <laughs> Still researching and writing uh, with Adam Weirs as my partner. Um, I'm I'm uh, playing with Gamefully Unemployed on Twitch, which is, again, Dave and Tom. They are running Hi. that. So you'll find me there laughing maniacally most of the time as I murder all of my friends. Mm-hmm. I hope it's it's that... an odd stream. <laughs> it is an odd stream. <laughs> we're we're, we're yeah. running out of guests. It's a blast. <laughs> because she keeps killing them. <laughs> Fun. I'm yeah. on Twitter. You want to come on? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm on Twitter at Bishou No Marina, which is Smiling Marina in Japanese for those who are you know interested. Nerd. It's, it's Nerd. A, yeah, B I S H O U N O, and then my name. We Marina. know how to yeah. spell smiling in, in Japanese. Japanese? Yeah. In Romaji. In yeah. every language. Uh, and I just want to thank you, Adam, so much for and and everybody. Thank you for having me because I have been dying to do this to talk to nice. the world about how awesome soccer. You brought punches. a sword. It's so good. Yeah. You brought a sword that no one can see. I, I can know. tell you're <laughs> dying to talk about this. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. And oh. that's it. Is that it? What are we gonna say? I don't yeah. know. Say goodbye, say? everybody. <laughs> goodbye. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.